this is Rhonda Hedges, the host of Humbly Human Podcast. I hope that this will bring you some joy and some laughter into your day. And hopefully the storm that you are facing give you a moment of lightheartedness to face what you have coming before you today or maybe something you've already faced. Enjoy. Well, hello, humbly human listeners. And today we're going to talk about why do strange things happen? It's kind of an odd title, but I feel like that you'll understand once I tell you this story. So I know that many of you have had those moments in life when you are like, really, why? Why did this happen? The whys of life. I recently heard one of my favorite pastors say, when we ask why, we are truly questioning the divine plan God has. And who are we to question his plans in our life? After hearing this, I thought, well, that makes sense. I still don't understand. My human desire is to know why something occurs and why I'm going through a trial or tribulation in my life. For days, I thought about that and about my personal life and about how often my mind and thoughts circulate around why. For the past eight years, I feel I have danced in and out of the questions of why. It seems that every event in the last eight years have caused me to stop and go, why did that happen? Or why me? Or why this? Why that? The reality is we rarely get that question answered to the whys of life. I've learned that each experience prepares us for something in the future. I recently was reflecting on moments like this in my life, and one came back that I had not thought about in years, and I'm going to share it with you today. My first teaching experience position was in a high school where I worked as a special education teacher for students with behavior issues or a diagnosis of a behavior disorder, um, for lack of a better term. I worked very hard to help these students learn the social skills to join their classes with their peers without displaying behaviors that would get them in behavioral trouble or suspended. One student was going to try to do an English class and a special education class with his with her peers, and to do that, I needed to uh, strike a deal up with the other teacher. So the deal was I would provide all of the lessons, and my student would get to sit in this other special education class and kind of a tiered model before she could move on to the regular class, kind of like a test per se. Um, smaller class size, and it would let her, um, if she did mess up behaviorally, we could have be a safety net there to help her out. The teacher agreed, and so what I would do is go down and pick put together a packet of assignments for that teacher so I decided to do that early on Monday morning one morning and so I would arrive at school on Mondays at 6 a.m. Um, custodian I think opened the building at 5 30 so I would get there about six and there was just a few other early birds on Monday mornings there with me um, so as I sat in the desk in this other teacher's classroom kind of putting together a folder of items for the student throughout the week and some notes and some nice little reinforcement things to help the student the building was really quiet early in the morning. Um, I think there was only a, one other teacher in the hallway when I noticed when I went down the hall. And as I sat in the room, I was real focused. Um, in fact, I remember being so uber focused that um, I didn't even hear anything much going on around me. Now, there's a door at the end of this hallway and the teachers would come in this door. Now, this was in the mid 90s, so safety wasn't the same as it is today in school. So if you work in a school or you're know about a school or you watch the news at all, you know that schools have a lot of safety precautions due to events that have occurred over the last 
10 to 20 years. And so that wasn't the case back in the mid 90s. And this door would be open and it was um, closer to the teacher's parking and teachers would use this door to enter the building. So occasionally you may hear the door. I had heard the door and didn't think anything of it because I knew my colleagues would be coming in that area, that door early in the morning. No big deal. So I was putting the work together as I sat in the classroom. Um, I did hear the door, I remember, and didn't think anything. Head down and deep in thought, preparing the assignments for a student to have a great week. I just knew this was going to be the ticket for this particular student. I can remember even who that student was. I was startled when a man was standing right in front of me. I was sitting in a student's desk, and I remember looking up from the student's desk, and there was a man. And he said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, but I need your help. There's a hurt student outside. I was driving by and I saw a hurt student. It looks like they might be a hurt, kind of scared to talk to me. I need you. He had the urgency in his voice. And I remember looking at him and a little taken back because I didn't know the man and didn't recognize the man as anyone I'd ever seen before. And I immediately jumped up like any good teacher would do. Hurt student, you know, that gets us. But there was something inside of me telling me to watch him. As the man continued to insist, I, I started reading his body language. And um, I just attended a training just a few months earlier during the summer with a great speaker who had talked about um, a friend of his who was a teacher who'd um, been fatally injured by someone coming into a school when she was first started teaching. And he talked about the body language of the person um, and that the person was very agitated to watch for people when they're they're maybe giving off body languages of agitation or oddness. And I remember this man kept pulling at the front of his shirt to almost pull it away from his body. And I found that odd. And I want you to realize that all of these things are happening in a split second, just seconds, just just complete seconds as they occurred. And I remember I was up to my feet because remember there's a hurt student. And as I'm walking with this man out of the classroom, Something in my mind is screaming, don't go alone. Don't go alone. And I can remember it was almost audible. And that sounds crazy. But, you know, if you've ever been in a situation like that, every second you can recall. And you it's almost like slow motion, but not. As we hit the hallway, I had remembered there was one colleague. Um, and she was in her classroom. And I remember that I, I, when we stepped into the hallway, I immediately darted over to her room. And the man really didn't have a chance to say anything to me or to stop me. And I remember the look on his face when I did this, almost as if he were agitated, or more agitated than maybe you should be. If you're going to help a student, you would want more people, right? You would want other people. And I darted into her room and I yelled out, hey, there's a hurt kid outside. This guy needs some help. He saw the student. Now, you have to know this colleague, she was in the last years of her teaching career, and she was very, very focused is not even the right word for that morning. She had a pile of papers in her hand, and she said, I have to make copies. I'm going to copy. I don't have time for this. And I said, no, 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 really, there's a hurt kid. Come with me. And I remember just kind of looking at her, but she had her head down. She said, okay, okay, I'll go. And, and a little outdone with me, to be honest with you. And and she just kept saying, well, I don't have much time. I have to make these copies. And she rambled on and on as we're walking just a couple of steps behind this man. And you can imagine a high school hallway. And at the end of the hallway are the double doors going out to this parking lot where he is insistent that there's a hurt student. Oh, time I'm thinking, just look at me. Look at me. I'm trying to get her to, to look at me. I'm trying not to just grab her arm. And 
she's not making any contact, eye contact with me. I knew she wasn't going to be able to read my body language. I'm concerned. Something's not, I'm not feeling good about this. But I also didn't want the man to be in the building. I didn't want to just dismiss him. And I didn't want to take off running from him and leave him in the building. I had other colleagues coming in and I don't know. I just, it just didn't feel right. And as we got to the door, I remember praying in my mind to God, please let somebody come through that door, anybody. And God answered the prayer just before we got to the door. The door opened and a gentleman stepped in who was one of my colleagues um, and he, a dear friend and a good man. And he walked in and immediately he caught my eye and he looked at the man almost quizzical, like, who is this man and what are you two doing with him walking towards the exit door? And um, I said to him, hey, hey, and I looped my arm in his arm. I know he thought, thinking back on it, what is wrong with her this morning? I said, did you see a hurt kid outside? Um, this gentleman was driving by and he saw a hurt child. Did you see someone when you walked in? He said, no, I didn't. I didn't see anybody. I said, well, let's go and check it out with him. Come on, we need to help a hurt student. And I looked at him in the eyes. No, I locked eyes. I remember just looking, piercing into his, his green eyes. They're very green. And I looked right in his eyes and I said, and I looked at him and everything was communicated with our look. He knew instantly that I wasn't okay. Now, our colleague was still talking about how she didn't have time for this and she needed to make copies. And I remember thinking, will you please stop talking about the darn copies? As we exited the building, we took several steps and there was no child. There was no one. And you have to remember, it's six o'clock in the morning in the fall and it's dark. And um, I remember looking around and, and getting to the edge of the building. We've walked almost to the edge. And as you turn, the building... It was the edge of the back of the building. It would turn and go towards a darker parking lot where the teachers parked, towards the football field. And I remember thinking, we can't go into that darkness. We just can't. Something's going to happen. And as we walked around the edge of the building, or got to, almost to the edge of the building, my colleague, I, I looked at him again like, something. And we stopped. And he said, you know, it doesn't look like the kid's here. And the, and the man quickly said, I think he's moved back towards the football field. I bet he was scared. He seemed awful scared. Almost to, in, to entice us or to encourage us just to go a little further into this, to the darkness around the corner of the building. And my colleague very quickly said, no, we're going we're gonna to go on back in and we'll, we'll go to the office. And, you know, maybe the kid went to the office. You go on and check the foot back there and uh, we'll, we'll go to the football field. In fact, meet us back at the front of the building. And we turned very quickly and I grabbed the colleague and we spun her around still talking about the darn copies. And we went back towards the office. And as we entered the building, our colleague had kind of looked like, why are we, why are you rushing? Why are you pulling me? And she said, what is going on? And at that point, um, the gentleman, my friend said to her, you're coming with me. We're going to the office. And as I went with them and we're walking pretty quickly, we get about halfway down that hallway. And I said, you know what? Ann will be here. She's always here by 6.20, 6.25, at least by 6.30. And she's going to be coming through that back area alone. I'm going to wait for her. And my, my colleague, he took her with him and they went towards the office. And he said, well, don't get near the door. Just stay right here and watch for her. And it was only a matter of seconds. As I turned, they rounded the corner towards the office, which is a large high school. It's a pretty, pretty big space. 
And I looked up and Anne was coming through the door and I ran towards her. I remember you have to know her. She, uh, she's pretty, um, she's one of those, what I like to call a rough around the edges kind of person. She, she doesn't take uh, any, anything off of anybody. And it's certainly not senior high school students either. And so she, she's, she's not going to be real scared of anybody. And so as I'm approaching her, running towards her, and I'm like, Ann, 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 she's unlocking her door, looking at me like, what is crazy doing this morning? And I said, hey, did you see anybody outside? And she'd already entered her room and I'm following in behind her. I said, come on, you got to come with me. And and she said, I didn't see anybody. What are you talking about? I says, a man, he said, there's a hurt kid. And, and I just don't feel good about him. And, 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 and I think he's lying. And about that time, when you I'm with my back to her classroom door, I saw a look on her face like, and I knew, I knew he's behind me, isn't he? And I remember my legs going to jelly. I don't think I've ever felt that way since in my life. I've, I've been through a lot of different scary situations, but that I remember, I thought, that's it. He's right behind me. And Anne did something in that moment that was incredible to me. She looped my arm with my back still facing him, and she looked that man dead in the eye, and she said, hey, we understand there's a hurt kid. Why don't you go around the back of the building towards the front? We'll go to the office, and we'll get help. We'll get our security people to meet you around front. It was genius. I think it scared him a little bit. And I remember I never turned back around. I couldn't face him. I was so scared. I remember just being, just shaking, trembling all over. And she's walking me backwards as he was leaving her room. And I heard the door shut. And she said, come on, let's go. And together we start walking down the hall and she stops and says, you know what? I'm going to stay down here and make sure people get in the door. And he doesn't. You go to the office and you call for help. And I ran to that office, gathering people as I saw them in the hallway. There were only a few. There weren't many people there that early, but they were coming in. And I took them to the office with me and said, hey, there's something going on. There's a man outside and trying to see if anybody had seen him. And I called 911. We were all in the office. And as I'm calling, um, I, I, I told the operator what had occurred and that I was concerned that students would be arriving and things would be happening. And this man went towards the football field. And I was very concerned. And as I was providing my name, our music teacher ran in the office. She almost collapsed, fell into the office and just kind of laid over a chair. And you could tell she was had been running. She was white. She was sweating. Another colleague ran over and said, are you okay? Is everything all right? And she started to, through broken breath and tears, she said, there's a man, a man tried to get me in a car. And once they calmed her down, she explained that she was in her classroom and she was playing some music on the piano. And suddenly a man was on the other side of the piano. He was explaining there was a hurt child in the parking lot. She said, I instantly got up and I went with him without hesitation. And she went outside alone with him. Once they hit the parking lot, he started telling her that the child was closer to the football field and she was following. And she said that's when she became feeling like this doesn't feel right. She didn't see anybody. She couldn't see anybody out there. And she said, I just didn't feel right. And he grabbed her. She broke free and ran and she ran straight to the office to us. And we're not sure how she got away from him, but it was a struggle. And she was pretty shaken up. 
And I remember talking to the operator on the phone and explaining that I was scared for students. I was scared that somebody was, you know, he would get a student. And I, I remember being really scared. But at that time, uh, office staff started to arrive not long after. And I explained to them what had occurred. And I went on to my classroom because I was more worried about getting my day and making it as normal as possible for my students. It was kind of crazy to sound this way, but I almost put it in a box, locked it up as a key. And I think we all do that, don't we? Certain situations happen in our life. We put it to the side and we go about our day and we'll pick it up later if we have to. So I went in, I was teaching and there was a knock on my door closer to the end of the first period class. And it was the assistant principal and he said, you're needed in the principal's office. I remember as I stepped into the hallway, he was going to cover my class for me and watch my students. He grabbed my arm and he said, are you okay? I didn't know what happened this morning to a little bit ago. And I explained to him that I was okay. And I went on towards the office and really just kind of nodded and said, yeah, I'm fine. There in the principal's office, I'll never forget. I walked in and I can go to the principal's office very often. And when you're a teacher and you get summons to the principal's office, you still have this, like a kid, a little nervousness in your stomach. And I've always remembered that as a administrator uh, when I became an administrator that no matter what you got to talk to somebody about when you call them up to the office they know um, it's probably pretty serious or something's going on so you always get that little feeling in your body that doesn't change when you're an employee either um, they're in the principal's office as I open the door with the superintendent and two officers and the principal asked me to tell um, to tell them what happened or what had occurred that morning I did and explained everything that I you know, that I saw and what I witnessed and what happened. And when I finished, they asked me to look at an open yearbook that was laying on the principal's desk. I looked down at it and to my surprise, as I looked through the pictures that were on the page that was open, I noticed, well, I know that some of these, that's my graduating class. That's, that's my class that I graduated with. You see, I taught at the high school where I had graduated. That was my first job. And um, as I looked at the pictures, like, I know these people, they're, they're my class. And I remember turning and saying, why am I looking at my yearbook? And they said, well, there's, is there anybody on there that you, you recognize? I said, well, I recognize almost everybody on these pages. I, I know I know almost everybody here. And about that time, they pointed to one particular man in the center of the page. And I remember looking at it and they said, do you know him? And I said, oh, I know him. I, I really don't recall his name. I remember he was in my class. We weren't close or anything. And they said, does he happen to look like the gentleman from this morning? And I remember thinking, hmm. And I looked closer and there it was. Yeah, they're right. It is him. Aged a little different in five years, but yeah, he that, that's him. I said, oh, wow. Yeah, that is him. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's him. I, I'm sorry I didn't I didn't recognize him this morning. Someone I, I may have known a little bit. And the officer said, oh, it's okay. Um and they explained that they felt like that he was up to no good and that they'd had him in custody and that he had some warrants and uh, they were going to be detaining him until they figured out everything. At that time, they didn't tell me much more and I went back and taught my class. But I later learned that he had numerous um, weapons in his car. He did have a weapon on him is the reason that he was pulling his shirt um, away from his body that he didn't want us to see. And there was tape, duct tape in his car and a rope. I had later went on to I had to go to court um, with the music teacher and I, and we had to identify him and the person, uh, and that we found out that he was on parole. 
for something else in another state and that um, he would be, you know, going back to that state because he had violated parole for being on within a thousand feet of a school. Now, I don't know the details and I really never really wanted to know to tell you, to be honest with you. Um, it was really more sad to me that someone that I was close enough to go to school with, I really didn't have a relationship with, had come back to do something like this. Now, there were a lot of hypotheses that maybe he came back because he knew some of us that taught there and had come back to teach in our high school. Or, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you, and it doesn't matter, but I often wondered why this happened and how it played into the journey of my life. And other than to say, if not for the training I'd had months prior to that morning, I may have just went with him to help that fictitious student all by myself. And I'm still un unsure of how the music teacher escaped that morning. I think this and many other events have created the person I am today, but this day still comes back to me occasionally. And I think about how God placed people in that morning to keep us all safe. I truly believe that this man was on a mission to harm someone that day. This event was over 25 years ago, but I remember it in great detail. And I know that it has truly made me more aware of things today around me. Things are much different in school. Safety is far greater. However, I do think that the events such as this allows us to be mindful of the fragility of life. How in an instant, everything can change. As you go through this week, be mindful that unfortunately events like this cause us to be aware of our surroundings, but they also make us aware of how blessed we are that we have each moment. I really don't know why this happened or why the person wanted to place fear into those that day. Just like so many events following this one, I have never understood the answer to why this happened. What I do know is that we must accept that we can't always get the answer to the wise. And often you will never get them on this side of heaven. That we are blessed to have another moment to bless those around us. But most importantly, this is not our story. We should tell our story, we should share our events and it might help someone else. And maybe this one will help someone to be more aware this week. This one wasn't very funny and it didn't have much humor in it this week. But what I will tell you is I think about this event more often than not sometimes, and it pops in my mind, and I think, why did that happen, and how does it fit? Well, I will tell you, I'm very aware of people around me now, and I'm a little more cautious, but I will say that what it did give me is an awareness that there's not always good people with good intent around us, and that unfortunately, we have to sometimes go through things and make the world around us aware of some things that are issues. I'll go on to say that things change drastically about safety in our building after that. And I think it's very important that we continue to be aware of events like this and change our actions after to make them better. But I hope that as you go through this week that you think about your surroundings and I hope that this helps someone be a little more cautious, read body language, and know things about people, but nothing happens in our lives that aren't important for the next event. I truly, truly think that the training that I attended that summer saved my life. It was a simple professional development, and the training wasn't about school safety. 
but he talked about it in that training and it came to mind instantly that morning and probably saved my life. So as you go into this week, know that everything that you go through, even maybe a boring training or a event, there's a nugget in there that God has you placed in that moment to hear something or to be a part of something that will help you down the road. And it may just be one second of something that makes you aware. Hope this helps you have a wonderfully humbly human week. And next week, I promise, won't be as heavy as this week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Humbly Human. Be sure to like and follow so that you'll get more episodes from us coming soon. We'll drop a new episode every week. Have a great day.